Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Hello. So today I am going to read from The Honeys by Ryan LaSala. And this came out, oh, sometime in the 2022 year. And it is classified as a horror book. But when you look at the cover, you would never know it. It's got beautiful flowers on it and some bees. And I love the end pages because they are in the shape of like honeycomb. And they are embossed, so they have nice texture. Mars has always been the lesser twin, the shadow to his sister Caroline's radiance. But when Caroline dies under horrific circumstances, Mars is propelled to learn all he can about his once inseparable sister, who'd grown tragically distant. Mars's gender fluidity means he's often excluded from the traditions and expectations of his politically connected family. This includes attendance at the prestigious Aspen Conservancy Summer Academy, where his sister poured so much of her time. But with his grief still fresh, he insists on attending in her place. What Mars finds is a bucolic fairy tale not meant for him. Folksy charm and sun-drenched festivities camouflage old-fashioned gender roles and a toxic preparatory rigor. Mars seeks out his sister's old friends, a group of girls dubbed the Honeys, named for the beehives they maintain behind their cabin. They are beautiful and terrifying, and Mars is certain they're connected to Caroline's death. But the longer he stays at Aspen, the more the sweet mountain breezes give way to hints of decay. Mars's memories begin to falter, bleached beneath the relentless summer sun. Something is hunting him in broad daylight, toying with his mind. If Mars can't find it soon, it will eat him alive. All right, and this is dedicated to the girls who took me in when the boys kicked me out. And there's a little script that says, we came as one and left as many. We came with nothing and left with everything. And that is from an anonymous camper, the Aspen Summer Academy in 1923. Chapter one. My sister wakes me with a whisper. I love you, Mars. Her voice crumbles in her throat. In the moonlight from my window, I can see the gleam of tears streaked over her jaw. She hovers so close I can smell her. Not her usual shampoo, but an unright odor, the rich sweetness of decay, like molding flowers. Caroline, you're back? I'm confused. The summer nights swell with the cricket song and the curtains billow against her hunched form, like the outside is trying to take her back. I used to leave that window open all the time when we still snuck out onto the balcony connecting our bedrooms. On nights like tonight, I used to wait for Caroline to tap, tap, tap on the glass, a book and a flashlight ready. But Caroline and I haven't met on our balcony in a long, long time. It's her though. Only Caroline would know I still keep the window unlocked just in case. Caroline, I asked the shadow. The overripe stink. No answer. Why are you home? I'm too sleepy to hide the hope in my voice. Despite everything from this past year, I'm happy to see my sister. I've waited so long for her to come back for me. She lifts something above her head. 
I recognize the shape, the catch of soft moonlight on rough metal. It's my iron sundial. She must have grabbed it from my bookcase. I use it as a bookend because it's so heavy. She stifles a sob, heaving the sundial high. I reach for my phone on the nightstand. Caroline, what's going on? Forgive me, she sobs. Caroline brings the sundial down on my hand, crushing nail and bone into metal and glass. I'm about to scream when she lifts it again, and this time she brings it down on my head. Pink light, pink walls. The blood in my eye turns the clean brightness of the upstairs hallway into a rosy nightmare as I run from my room, from crashing and chaos. I am slow and I am stumbling. I cradle one hand with the other, feeling familiar skin bent into unfamiliar carnage. The knuckles of my hands don't match anymore. They're twinhood out of alignment, like Caroline and me. She storms behind me. She's so close her stink overwhelms me. All I can hear is her screaming, Mars, Mars, don't go, don't go. It's not her voice. It's not my sister. It's something wearing her skin, filling her flailing body like a pressurized water hose. She overtakes me before I've made it to the stairs, and the pink world whirls as we hit the floor. Upside down, I see the door to our parents' room open, see mom in her nightshirt halt, gasp, scream. Dad calls up from downstairs. I barely dodge the next hit, the iron sundial smashing into the floorboards beside my head. I blindly drive a hand upward into a slippery jaw and the sundial tumbles away, down the stairs with gunshot thuds. My vision is fucked up, but in the brightness of the hallway, I can see Caroline now. She's filthy, her brown hair clumped with dust and debris. Her clothes cling to her, black with mud, but the Plastic Academy logo still shines on her uniform sleeve. She pulls something from her waistband and holds it over us. A knife. My sister has brought home a knife. But what scares me more are her eyes. Later, I will try to convince myself that there were no sign of my sister in that wild stare. But my dreams will replay this moment with cruel clarity. Trap me within it like a bug preserved in amber. I will want to believe I am being killed by a monster. But in the stare of my attacker, I don't see monstrosity. I see my Caroline, lucid, herself, so recognizable that my agony, even my shock, dissolves into relief. This is the first time since this awful year began that I've looked into her eyes and seen her, seen her looking back. Caroline cringes, and it's all the warning I have before she plunges the knife toward my face. I twist, but a seam of fire rips open in my ear. Now I scream, but I can't hear it, can't hear anything through the white-hot pain. I feel the house tremble under my back as Dad hits the top of the stairs. I feel Caroline get dragged away. I roll to my side and use my good hand to heave myself onto the banister. I stare into the chandelier that hangs into the great drop of our entryway. The lights are still pink, the world still blurry. The whole house spins beneath me like I'm the center of an unbalanced carousel. I am powerless as I watch Caroline kick and bite at her dad. Not Caroline, not our dad, strangers, actors, unreal characters that have broken into my life for this improvised horror. Mom stands in her doorway, another imposter. She claps both hands over her mouth, frozen. I want to scream at her, want her to help, to fix this. Caroline sinks teeth into the meat of dad's hand. He's a big man. He flings her off with violent disgust, driving her into the mirror at the top of the stairs. 
The glass shatters over her, but she never stops moving. Not for a second. She plunges towards me, the carpet twisting beneath her shoes as she tries to get her footing. But she's too close, too out of control. I know what will happen before it happens. Caroline trips. She falls into me, arms hugged tight around my shoulders. The banister snaps and we hurtle backward, then down. The ceiling fills my view. We fall through the chandelier, then the chandelier is falling with us. Like dancers, we spin in the brief infinity of the drop, a storm of light and crystal and blood. When we hit the floor, Caroline hits first. She breaks beneath my body. I'm close enough to hear her snap, to feel her stiffen, and to know she's gone too still. I am wrapped in her arms, her hair, in the sweet stink she brought home. The silence and the stillness scares me more than anything else. I struggle free, broken crystal biting flesh from my naked thighs, my knees, in the wreckage I stand. I look at my sister. She's covered in my blood. Her body curls into itself. Her face is the last thing to stop twitching. One eye half-lidded, the other flung wide open like a doll. Caroline is looking at me when she dies and she's smiling. And that is the end of the chapter. So pretty short, but lots going on there. I think this looks like a fun read with some interesting concepts. So I hope you enjoyed that. And if not, just remember there's plenty of books to be found in the library or through our digital Johnson County if you want to read some ebooks or listen to audiobooks. And I hope you join me next time for another Next Reads.